Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I have a whole story, a short one, to explain why, first of all, I have a guest with me who I will introduce in a moment, but I have a whole story to explain why you are going to be hearing an encore episode from 11 years ago. So we are going into like vintage beginning Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm going to explain why you're hearing that instead of an episode with Daniel and me and your voicemails, which is what was intended, although some might say this is an upgrade. But anyway, first, let me get to my guest. And it's me, Owen. (laughs) And uh, Owen, you said, now I did, uh, I put the microphone in front of his face right there. That is the arrangement that we have, that he is not going to talk unless the microphone's in front of his face, because Owen, what did I say when... When I mean, what did you say when I said, can you be quiet? I don't be quiet and don't make the sound. <laughs> yeah, it has to be a little quiet with his uh, pacifier. No, um, you said that you would you'd try your best, right? Yeah. Okay, great. How are you feeling today, Owen? Uh, Grandma's here and she's sick. Yeah. How's Owen doing? Good. Okay. So anyway, uh, today is Sunday. Sunday? Yes. Okay, Owen. So now the microphone's in front of my face. So just let, let me do the talking, okay? And I'll, I'll let you talk in a minute, okay? Yeah. It's mommy Owen, mommy Owen, mommy Owen, mommy Owen. Oh, that's how, that's how it's going to go? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, <clears throat> Daniel and I were supposed – normally we would record on Friday. We did not have any childcare Friday, but Daniel's mother – uh, who, if you've listened for any amount of time, you've heard me talk about her before. She is like, she loves to clean. She loves to organize. She loves to cook. She loves to take care of the kids. She is the consummate woman. In fact, given that Daniel grew up with her, I'm amazed that he ended up choosing a lazy sack of shit like me. Um, I say that in jest. I do not actually think I'm a lazy sack of shit, but I do all of those things that like the t- the things that typically fall under the umbrella of like the old-fashioned woman duties I don't like to do them I'm not good at them they don't bring me joy I enjoy raising kids but all the other stuff I can no, no thank you so she comes to town and it's like she snaps her fingers and our house is uh is totally clean um and Daniel and I get to sleep in if we want to go out at night we can I mean it's just like a It's like a miracle. So she gets to town and we're like, oh, thank God. Thank God. Uh, And then she became violently. Okay. So anyway, we, 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 we didn't have childcare uh, Friday day. Couldn't record them. We're going to record on Saturday. No big deal. Saturday morning, she becomes violently ill, nonstop throwing up. Um, Did not even consider my show schedule when she chose to become violently ill like this. Uh, so hang on. Oh, did you want to say something, Owen? Yeah. What do you want to say? Uh, Daddy's finding my chocolate rocks, and when he finds them, he's gonna come back and bring them to me in the studio. She came with some candy. It's uh, they look like little rocks but they're actually made out of chocolate. And I saw Owen put one in his mouth and I was like, don't put that giant piece of gravel in your mouth, but it's chocolate. <clears throat> I believe it's actually chocolatey. It's not actual chocolate. It's referred to as chocolatey something or other. 
Anyway. Um, no, no. Oh, and you cannot rest your foot on the cord. So uh, I forget exactly what I was saying, but um, took her to urgent care yesterday and they gave her a shot to stop the barfing. She has no fever. Uh, so they think it's food poisoning. Owen, honey, you have to be quiet, okay? Uh, I think it's food poisoning. She did mention eating some fruit on her drive here from like a truck stop that tasted like a dish rag or something. She had a bite of it and then tossed it out. Dish rag. I know, that's pretty funny, right? Say yes. Yes. Okay, now be quiet again. Uh, okay, so anyway, so Saturday wasn't happening. Um, so then I figured, okay, we'll record Owen, Owen, honey. Uh, court Sunday morning. Certainly, she'll be better by then. She's not better by now, which is making me think: Is this really food poisoning? Because I think that that's more short-lived than this. Uh, so, but she doesn't have a fever anyway. Not that you guys would not look. Are you guys Quincy MD? No, but I'm just saying there is part of me that's like, what is going on? I hope she's okay. But then another part of me is like, but. It's not like she has a super high fever or she doesn't even have a fever. Anyway, I'm, I'm trying to make peace with am I worried about this? So uh, keeping an eye on her. But in the meantime, we do not have uh, anyone to watch the kids. I did send a flurry of texts this morning to various babysitters. Of course, everyone's not available because it's so last minute. So I posted on Patreon uh, to my beloved patrons. I said, I explained the situation, asked what are some of your favorite old Monday shows and Ellie mentioned Carrie Kenny Silver and I was like oh my goodness Carrie Kenny Silver from the state from Reno 911 and a million other things oh my goodness I haven't thought of that episode in years went looked it up listened to a little bit of it uh, who, are you talking to? who am I talking to yeah I'm talking to the audience you can't see them <clears throat> but they're gonna listen to this later when we upload it um <clears throat> excuse me so uh but then there were a lot of other good suggestions too which made it very hard to choose but i thought why not go with this one apparently i recorded a topper to the episode when i was in new york uh for some adam carolla shows oh and honey i have no i have no memory of doing that and i'm trying to remember how i could even do that because i don't travel with equipment it must have been did I borrow it from Dawson or something? Because I don't think Gary was on that trip. I, I have. It's weird that I have no memory of that. Um, and also, my friend Dustin Goot, who uh, OG listeners will... Oh, and honey, you cannot touch the microphone. Sweetie. Sweetie. Uh, 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 uh. Honey, gotta be, you want to say something? You. You? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, Owen, I want to hear one of your planet songs in a minute, okay? So think about which one you want to sing while I just tell them a little bit more about this. Okay. Dustin, my friend from New York who now lives in L.A., he actually moved to L.A. before me. He used to appear on Alice Rosen's New Best Friend streaming video episodes all the time. We also did various video series together, and I sort of had him sit in for a few very, very early episodes. And this is one of those... Um, so I hope you enjoy this. I enjoyed what I, when I listened, I'm going to listen to the whole thing, but when I listened to little bits of it, I was like, yeah, this is a fun one. And it gives a snapshot of, you know, 
where we were 11 years ago. Okay, uh, please check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. I just put up a friend zone. That's my Patreon bonus episode with Elizabeth Lame. She was last week's Monday show, but I needed more. And then also Todd Perry and I, uh, I used to do Upworthy Weekly with him. He was on the Thursday show last week. He and I have a Patreon for our new podcast, which is launching any minute. And it's patreon.com slash Allison and Todd. Patreon.com slash Allison. Hang on one second. Patreon.com slash Allison and Todd. There's just one level, $2 a month. You can't afford not to, unless you don't want to. Okay. And uh, with that, here's Owen. Would you like to sing a song? Curry, Venus, Earth, and Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. Those are the planets in the solar system. Solar system. Beautiful. Anything else or should I say goodbye to them? Mm. Goodbye to them. Okay. All right. Here's the episode. Hello, my little ham and gruyere frittatas. It's me, Allison Rosen. And before the show officially starts, this is like a unofficial start. It's a soft launch, which I always think it's weird when people say that. And it's weird that I just said that. Anyway, I wanted to say a few things before the show starts. For one, it is um, like 2.30 in the a.m. in New York, and that is where I am recording this little soft launch. <clears throat> if you flew all the way here just to record this. No, I'm here because I just did some shows at Caroline's uh, with the Adam Carolla show, which I am on. And I am not making sense. I'm not drunk. I'm just tired. But anyway, um, it is crazy being back in New York because uh, I used to live here, as you guys probably know, and some people feel I mention it too often, but I lived here for a long time and all sorts of formative things happened for me here. And it's really great and weird and overly emotional being back. Um, And now I'm sad that I am leaving New York, but I'm excited that I'm flying back tomorrow. So there's that. By the time you hear this show, I will be back. And I had a wonderful flight. Hoping if I say it, it comes true. Um, Let's see, what do I need to tell you? Well, June 22nd, Friday, please come out and see my live show at Nerd Melt. Uh, tickets are not very expensive. You can find out more info on alisonrosen.com. And the guests are Paul Gilmartin of the Mental Illness Happy Hour podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And then also Michael Rosas, who's a musician who used to be in the band Smile and then was in the band Satisfaction. And he plays solo and he's uh, he's amazing. He's I believe he's actually won the title of Best Orange County Musician. Uh, once or more than once, and I think he's amazing, and he's an old friend of mine, he's going to play a couple songs, and he's also going to chime in on the other stuff, because he's really witty and hilarious, so please come out for the, and there might be other surprise guests as well, so please come out for that, that would be great. Um, Also, I have been putting Angora's songs, that's my old band, at the very end of the show for the last two shows, and people have loved that, so... I will put one at the end of this show, and I'll tell you about that if you stick around till the very end, then you can hear that. It's As I said last week, it's like an Easter egg, um, but 
not really at all. Okay. Um, also, I think I should probably do an iTunes comment of the week. So here is where Gary will put the song, I think. Here it goes. Allison Rosen brings you the best iTunes comments of the week. All right. This week's comment comes from Ramey G. It says, Love Allison and her show. I listen every week. This show gives me a reason to look forward to Monday mornings. Thanks for sharing your music, too. My favorite TV show right now is Mad Men. That show is amazing, and I'm sad that the season is over. Keep up the great work, and hopefully one day I'll be able to travel from Sacramento to see one of your live shows in the near future. Yes, please, I hope you do. And it occurs to me that if you're hearing this show for the first time, you're thinking, why is she or he... Uh, mentioning his or her favorite TV show, and that's because each week I ask you guys to, you know, answer a specific question, and this week it was, what's your favorite TV show? And I have to say, I'm watching Mad Men as well, and those last two episodes of this season totally got under my skin. Holy moly. Um, and I can't believe I have to wait a whole another many months till the show comes back. So, yeah. All right, this week, here's the question. That I want you to answer. Which is cuter? Puppies, babies, or ducklings? Once again, which is cuter? Puppies, babelings, or duckies? No, puppies, babies, or ducklings? I have to say that it's a push between puppies and ducklings. I'm sorry, humans. You You do not have the cutest tiny things. Babies get cute, but if I'm gonna look at photos... It's going to be photos of puppies or ducklings. All right. What else do I need to tell you? Um, the guest for this episode is Carrie Kenny Silver. She's really funny and really smart and really nice. She's all of those things. Um, and I really enjoyed having her on my show. And as you can hear in my voice right now, I'm tired. So I think I'm going to just just say, hey... Here's the show, because if I keep talking, then pretty soon I'll talk about the fact that I feel like tonight I learned that I've been showering wrong for my whole life, because I don't use a washcloth. <laughs> oh man, I know that I know that I should just re-record this and sound less like a person who can't speak, but I'm going to leave that in there, Gary, you leave that in there. Um washcloth, or loofah, or exfoliating thingamajigamanoo mar- maroony thing. Um, I just use my hands in soap. Is that weird? I guess I'm just, I am going to talk about that now. Everyone else uses some kind of cleaning implement. I don't. And I feel like, how did I not know that you're supposed to? Okay, so that's one thing. And the other thing is, um, sometimes when I try to say washcloth, Wathclosh comes out. What's that about? It's only happened once, but I feel like it's, you know, it was enough. It was a, a thing. All right. I've said too much. I love you guys. Come to my show, the live one, and enjoy this episode. And if you want to hear another Angora song, just wait around to the end. Okay, bye. Love you.
Hey everyone, hi, hello, it's me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. My guest today is Carrie Kenny Silver, who you may know from Reno 911 and The State and a zillion other things. What hello. A- Hello. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I was impressed by your theme song, and it just occurred to me while it was playing that that would never work for my name. Carrie, Kenny, Silver is your new best friend. Oh, that's not too bad, though. You you kind of made it work. Yeah. That's talent. I'll never have my own podcast. You could change your name, and then you could have Rosen. Or to Mark Marin. KKS. Mark Marin. Marin is your new best friend. That's good. It's good you went a mm-hmm. you brought some balls to it. it. Yeah. And hello Dustin. Hello. Thank you for joining us so soon after the last one, which is in um podcast time a week later, but in real time like 5 minutes later. Hey Gary. What's up guys? How's it going? Going good. How are you? Um I'm good. It still sounds weird and hollow and and I'm just going to be an annoying cunt about it by bringing it up. So I'm just going to say it and then I'm just going to forget about it. And I'm going to give you that. If you weren't sitting in that tin can over there, I know. it would sound better. Come out of the can, This is how Allison. I travel, though. Just like in The Rescuers. I'm in a sardine can on the back of an albatross. That's how I get around. So anyway. That's what makes this show exciting. The fact that who knows if I'll get here. Yeah, and that we're in an albatross. Or that you're in an albatross. I know. They've got to work that into the song. So, Carrie Kenny Silver. Yes. Uh, before the show started, we were talking a little bit about the fact that you and I were both on this women in comedy panel. Yes, and that's I was where we saying met. I don't want I don't want to like pick this thing apart too much and say anything negative about it because um, I'm friends with people who put it on and who moderated. But I do think we need to talk about it a little bit because what the hell was that, right? Yeah. We met on this uh, on this. It was a women in comedy panel. Yeah, and I. I uh, I think I pissed everybody off because I think the first thing that I said was not to piss everybody off, which when you start with that, yeah. chances are you're, you're, you're headed for pissing it's people like off. It's like when you say no offense. Yeah, or when you say I'm totally I'm to- I'm being totally honest with or you. Or with all due respect. Or like I'm not. sorry, yeah. but Yeah, I hate to say this. Ugh. But I did. I said I hate to piss everybody off, but I why why are we have why is there even a panel with the title women in comedy? I mean, I, that it's like enough talking about – I mean I'm so thrilled at the success of Bridesmaids. It deserves that success. It was an unbelievable piece of work. But for people to say, wow, finally women are doing comedy mm-hmm. is women um, have been doing insulting comedy to those so long. You know, main, minor basic cable celebrities such as myself. That's right. Yeah. And the thing is there were just a lot of questions like this has been an amazing year for women in comedy. What do you think is going to happen the rest of the year and where do you see it going? Mm-hmm. Like that's like an essay question. Yeah, I don't I know. think in that way, and I also can't. The thing is that no one on that panel thinks of themselves as uh, specifically a woman in comedy. Right. I never even really thought about the fact that I was female in comedy. I think until I started working on the Adam Carolla show, and that's the first time that I really encountered people who do walk around thinking women can't be funny. You're funny for a girl. Right. Yeah. Like, I think you're funny, and I never think women are funny. That's yeah. why I hear yeah. that before. I realized it right when we um, graduated college, because the state was the sketch comedy group that I started with at NYU. We met at NYU. 
And just organically over the years, through the through the four years of college, the group ended up being myself and ten guys. And when we graduated and got our show on on MTV, the, which was titled "The State." Um, they did say to us, so how about some color? How about some other women? And I remember us feeling kind of shocked by that, you know, innocently so, because it it was what it was. And we were also kind of, you know, cocky about it too. <laughs> like, this is who we are. Take us or leave us. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still, you know, it's shocking. But great. But great that women are, you know, getting recognized. Okay. But I also don't like the thing of, you know – it's about time. Well, I've, right. I've, I've, it's always been time. I've been very lucky then, if that's the case, because I've had a TV show for many years, and I'm a girl, and I do funny jokes. Do you encounter that attitude, though? I mean, do you run into people who are like, "What's that?" Well, I am going to ask you that. What is that like? What was that like being the only woman in the state? Yeah, people ask that, and that's fair. I mean, I don't have a penis, or it's not as big as theirs, <laughs> but I have had it removed. Um, what did you do with it? I put it in a jar. Smart. Um, you know, for Halloween. Yes. Um, is I, now is that so you can reattach it or just to shock people? No, just to shock people. Right. If kids go. Kids are ter- It's terrifying. I have a penis in a jar. That's scary, Allison. It's in my purse. I'll show you at the end. <laughs> um, yeah. No. That that is something. That's that's not a silly question. Um, it was great. I got to play a lot of female characters, but a lot of the guys played female characters too, and I played male characters. We just did a reunion show last year or the year before for the San Francisco Sketch Fest, mm-hmm. which was incredible. We did all new material, and it was so fun to be performing sketch live again. Um, and I think I played five women and four men. I mean, it, um, you know, sometimes it's funnier that a dude is in a dress than me. So, Was it something that you thought of a lot at the time, though? Did you think, you know, here I am, the only female in this sketch group? Or was it – because I – after the panel, I said to you that it was only when I started thinking about what are they going to ask us on this panel and I started thinking about all the different things that I was like, hey, you are the only female in that group. And, it, I, and I'm such a fan of the state, but I had <clears throat> never really thought of it in that way. I like I just that. thought you are all funny. I like that. And I, I, that was one of my proudest sort of feelings about coming out of the state was that not a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, you were the only girl in the state and dot, dot, dot. It's just you guys were so funny or – you know that one sketch that that you were in, but and I appreciate that just because that says something hopefully to our talent of being able to work together and morph into different characters and um, yeah. But I mean that's a perfect example of feeling like why why is this an issue? Mm-hmm. I mean I, I it it I'm more if if you're talking about personality wise, I'm more of a dude than some of the guys in the group. You know as far as like you know potty talk and what you would think of as the typical funny guy. I mean, I, there was never a feeling like, oh, we can't discuss that because Carrie's in the room. Um, and it, I'm, I get offended when that – in fact, it was brought up at the panel. A couple people said, you know, I do male jokes, you know, a.k.a. Yeah. fart jokes and stuff. And I thought that – why is why – is, why is that scene – you know, I mean it was an embarrassing point to – you know, raise my torch to to say <laughs> I do fart jokes as well. But you know, why is that particularly male and why right. is particularly female? It's like I, you know, I don't sit around making jokes about my period, and you know, the guys, you know, 
don't just sit around talking about their balls, although they do talk about their balls a lot. We do talk about our balls a lot. You the first I just met you out in the lobby and you're like, I'm like, how are you? You're like, my balls are a little sweaty. Yeah. I was like, that's weird. Yeah. But he's a guy. We just always figure that you want to know. Yeah. And I just so you know, I'm in the middle of my cycle. Okay. Because I know you were wondering that. Yeah, that is always what and I'm And by the middle too. of my cycle, I mean I, I'm, I'm pretty much ovulating, so try to stay about a foot away from me. Okay, yeah. Well, try and uh, hold down your uh, raging sexual attraction yes. that your hormones are well, forcing my, you to have. My eggs are, are pretty shrivelly at this point, so I don't know that you would have much impact in there. But, but you could try. We could try. I'd be sure. willing to try. Dustin, do you have a favorite ball of your own? Oh, <laughs> Well, that makes it hard, doesn't it? Um, well, there's only two. Else to choose from, presumably. Yeah, but it's like uh, it's or do like, you view it as a unit? It's like choosing your favorite kid, whereas someone else's ball. I mean, then Sophie's you know, choice. Which I, I ball can, goes? I can offend someone. Oh, else. good. Um, the left. Is it you like it? Does it get caught less or? No, neither That'd of them. Be ball get, right if, for if us. If something's going to get caught, it's going to be the shaft. Okay. Yeah, is it camera right or ball right? Right. Your left is like when you're looking down at the left. Oh, true. That'd be when we were doing the operation. We'd have to do that thing where on the ball, on the ball, they're not ruining. They would, yeah, they would write no <laughs> to make sure that they were getting. Yeah, the but right does ball. that see if I'm the surgeon? I think does that mean no? I don't want this ball anymore. <laughs> or, or or does that mean no? Or don't no, touch I'm this one. I'm done with it. Take it away. Right. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like you'd have to put the writing like up into your thigh. Maybe, maybe a whole paragraph. Yeah, maybe we just have directions. to write write small and be really explicit. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, don't take this ball off. And this by that, why, I mean, you know, I want to keep it at the end of the procedure. This is why I've never had my balls removed, because I'm worried that they're going to misunderstand yeah, and I know. take yeah. the wrong one. Yeah. But you trusted them to remove your small penis. Yeah. It it's, fell it's off. Easy. It fell off. <laughs> How? Like a belly button. Oh, that's... Mm-hmm. Ew. And like my, my gallbladder and my... My appendix. You just don't need them anymore. They shrivel up. Right. Like wisdom teeth as well. Mm-hmm. Sort of vestigial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did the state come together? We were a, a, a comedy club in college. We went to NYU and we were, most of us were acting students. I think it was half and half. Half acting students, half film students. And Michael Ian Black and I, whose real name is is uh, Mike, Michael Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I were in a creative writing class together. So we may, met first day of school. Tom Lennon and I had known each other previously. We went to acting summer camp together when we were uh, 17. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, we, I feel like Michael was the one who brought me the flyer or I brought him the flyer to the class and said, oh, there's a, auditions for a comedy club starting here because there already was a comedy club. It was very hard to get into. It was called the Sterile Yak. <laughs> And the, um, Mo Willems ran that group, who's now a very famous, very successful children's book author. If any of you oh, have children. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mo wrote, Willems. He wrote that elephant story. Yeah, he wrote Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. And he wrote Nuffle Bunny. Uh-huh. He's a big deal. And he's. Adam mocked one of his books mercilessly. Oh Adam's not a fan of children's books. Yeah. Well, well, I think, you know what? Mo Willems is the kind of guy who isn't a fan of children's books either. And he started writing them. And as a parent, I'm so grateful because they are actually funny. Um, but so Mo had this other group and he was an elder classman and, you know, was too scared to even think about getting in. So we started our own and we called ourselves the new group, mm. which was just brilliant because we were the new group. Um, <laughs> and then there were uh, 
you know, different, you know, combinations of people going in and out of the group. But ultimately, by the end of our senior year, when MTV said, would you like a show, um, that's the, the, the 11 of us that you saw was the final group. And how did you guys make decisions with 11 of you? Because I was in a band uh, years ago. I know you were in a band as well, but I was in a band years ago and there were four of us and decision making was difficult with that many. So I always think when you have like the Von Trapps plus four, how do you yes. do it? Well, uh, we would all put on outfits made out of drapes. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Put you on the um, same page. Yeah. Uh, no, we would uh, – it was hard. I mean that's how a lot of people remember the most frustrating part of the group as, as being decision-making time because we were also incredibly passionate about what we did. Um, and you know, most of us thought we were right and would argue vehemently and I tended to sit back until I would explode and, and about you know, some fart joke and <laughs> chairs were thrown and – um, yeah, it was crazy. It was really hard to do that. But ultimately, I look back at the body of work and I think um, we made a mostly good decisions. So whatever, however we got there, I think it worked. Mm-hmm. And your current – or you just finished doing a movie. I just finished a movie with Jeff Garland, who I adore, um, from Curb Your Enthusiasm, from many things. But that's where people mostly know him from. Um, he did an improv movie that he directed – and it's uh, called Dealing with Idiots. And uh, he and Nia Vardalis play uh, Little League parents of a little boy who's terrible at Little League. And then myself and Gina Gershon play moms to an adopted boy from the Dominican Republic who's the best boy on the team. And Fred Willard was in it and Richard Kind. And it was ridiculous. It's so – I mean, you know, Fred is a hero of mine. And to to sit and improv – with him was spectacular, and Richard Kind is is an absolute genius. So, and you were saying that they, or, uh, Jeff Garland didn't give you guys much direction. Yeah, no, he really is. I guess I didn't never did curb, but I I guess their sort of thing was to to really keep it as spontaneous as possible. So that's what Jeff wanted to do. And I'm someone who likes information, and I like to do my homework and. And at least have a couple of jokes in the can because God forbid they call action and you're just you know yeah. staring into the camera, um, which you shouldn't do anyway. Um, but I uh, – there was none of that. Unless he, they say to camera. Right. That's a great lesson for all of you listening. Mm-hmm. OK. Let's take a moment. OK. So should I not have been <clears throat> staring into the microphone this whole time we were doing this? That's different. That okay. just records your voice. You should speak into it though. Okay. Uh, you really? Right into it? <laughs> well, I'm constantly reminded that I should be. I know. I see your guy put yeah. a little. Please, please angle, angle your mic, mic so, so you're talking, talking into, into the, the top. top. You're the one who brought up that it sounded tinny. I'm trying to help. Okay, thank you. All right. Anyway, before I interrupted you with my unfunny joke, you were saying you you, you like to have a couple jokes in the can. I like to, I don't know. I like to be a little bit prepared, um, but he wanted none of that. So. Um, you know, I hope I hope I did all right. He seemed happy, but you never know till they edit. But that's fun editing. You know, improv movies and shows are made in the editing room. People would say to us all the time, "Oh my, everything that came out of your mouth on Reno was golden." Videotape is cheap, and and we would shoot an hour to get a two minute piece. So um, sometimes we were funny, and sometimes we just have really good editors. And in Reno 911, how much direction would you get going into a sketch? We would uh, – Tom Lennon and Ben Grant and I 
we created it. We would write an outline for the guests or for the for the the main cast of mm. sheriffs, and we would you know if it was um, for a, a guest that was bringing in their own character, we would tell them almost nothing. Just in fact, we would call them and say, "What do you want?" I mean, Nick Swartzen, I remember <laughs> he called in and said, "I I need." I need a pair of short shorts and some roller skates. <laughs> and I just thought I don't. And we would say to them often, "I don't want to know what you're doing. Just show up and surprise us." Um, and then when it would come to the the relationship things in the in the station between the other sheriffs, we would, um, you know, try and give an outline as far as where we wanted the, you know, ultimately at the end of this, there's going to be, you know, uh, a fundraiser, or we're going to, you know, have to fight the mayor on this and and so that you know those would be given but it was pretty loose as well but not as loose as, as this film that i just did so i'm excited to see it i'm curious to see what it's going to be now Me too. do you have a a lot of familiarity with that world uh from your own experience the you like little league or youth sports oh world? yes oh yes and that that was one advantage i had i felt was i'm in it now i have a six-year-old son and i mean he it does, is ridiculous it's in Sane. And in fact, a few of the things I pitched to Jeff, he said, I can't, there's no way I can use that because it, no <laughs> one will believe it. Absolutely no one will believe it. My son is in T-ball now and people are fucking nuts. I mean, there is – we played a team a few weeks ago and every parent on the team was holding a clipboard and I was like, what the fuck are you writing? They're four. <laughs> yeah. What are they, are they, what are you notes? writing down? The first baseman is, hold, is holding they're, they're a, charting a their stuffed hitting tendencies. bunny. <laughs> I mean, so it's, yeah, it's, it was very helpful to me in my relationship with, with my fake son. And in real life, though, you have, do you just have one son? We do. I wouldn't say old? just, though. No, I wouldn't. Have you ever met a six-year-old boy? No, it sounds like a hand. Who's, oh, no, quote, I'm not unquote, sure I have, spirited. But. That's what we say now. <laughs> it's not a pain in the ass. He's spirited. Right. Will you have more kids, though, do you no. think? No. No. No, he's amazing. But, you know, I think we always knew we would only have one. We went into it with the one-and-done attitude, and I never thought I could have kids. So it was kind of a miracle and kind of great, and we, you know, we're not gamblers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I'm no spring chicken. I don't have children. I was going to say. Yeah, I know. You can. There's like a. There's sort of an aura of uh, agedness mm-hmm. coming off me. It's a stench, really. Yeah. It's asper cream. Mm-hmm. And the tinniness. And the- that's that, <laughs> right. the, that comes with the telltale it. You can't sign. smell that, though. The telltale sign. But I would like to have children. Yeah. But. Uh, but Maybe that's the calcification of your voice box, actually. It's nothing. You're blaming Gary for some mechanical failure. But I it's, know. It's inside me. It might be emotional polyps. <laughs> well, I how, think so. Is, it, is this, you know, let me know if I'm overstepping my oh, boundaries. Oh, no. But I, talk, I talk about How old are you? I just turned 37. Oh, you're good. Okay. You're good. Thank you. If you were 42, I'd say, you know, you know there's got a little work to do. Right. Let's hit the singles bars tonight. Yeah. No, no, I'm in a relationship. Oh, it's okay. more like the mechanics of it sure. and the biology of it. People don't realize that it's, it is, I didn't realize, I should say, that, that it's a big deal. And Getting I just pregnant? thought you get, you know, you have sex yes. or you walk by a guy in your bathing suit and you get pregnant and then you put them to your boob and they drink your milk and, and you send them off to college. 
it's a little bit more complicated than that. I mean, there, there's a place called the lactation station. When, I, when my there? son was born, they came in, the, uh, the nurse came in and said, a breastfeeding uh, lacta- no, a lactation consultant will be in to see you. And I was like, a lacta- I need someone to teach me how to squirt milk out of my boobs. I think I got this. Hmm. And sure enough, it's hard. It's all hard. Nobody told me any of it. And um, it's all, I don't know, maybe we complicate things in the modern world. Now, I was actually just thinking about this recently. That's been pretty much my experience with every rite of passage, mm-hmm. is that I what I think will come naturally actually mm-hmm. feels awkward and takes a while to get. And I'm talking about even my first kiss. Mm-hmm. I just assumed... I didn't spend time kissing pillows or doing or my arm or whatever other girls were doing. I just figured it'll just make sense when it happens. And instead, I like pursed my lips in this weird way and like kind of like made fish lips and moved them back and forth. And the guy was like, "What the hell are you doing?" I think everybody like, I don't does that, you. don't they? Yeah, I had gnash teeth. You got to, you got like there was tooth on tooth. Uh, oh, oh, ouch! Braces on activity. braces. No, there was no braces, fortunately, because then we could have actually gotten tangled, like like dogs in heat. That, mm-hmm. that would have been instead, bad. Instead, you got her dentures. And no, instead we just like we just like there was like content. It was like uh, rams competing for oh. the woman. Like when they when they hit horns together, that right. was what the kiss was like. It was oh, just like so hard. Awkward. You know, it's supposed to be you know, like. Soft and romantic. See, that's why I'm going to be there for all of my sons first. I'm a helicopter parent. And the first time he kisses, first time he has sex, I'm not going to be overbearing. I'm just going to, mommy's here for you. Right. You might want to use less tongue. Do you think that you'll be in the back kind of pantomiming? Oh, yeah. No, I already have charts made, flip charts. See, that's uh, good. Flashcards. Yeah. Because there's too much that could go wrong. Oh, so much could go wrong. And then that would wrong. be a really crushing experience what for the kid. What if he clashes teeth for the first time? He'll never yeah. forget that. I, well, I've said this, uh, I think, actually, on the show a couple of times. I always feel like uh, I wish I'd had the older brother to, like, oh, teach yeah. me the things, in a, you know, the just the worst things to avoid. Right. Um, and or I guess, theoretically, like, uh, a parent could have intervened and right. said, hey, listen, you're going to, you know, you might be kissing soon. No, don't, I love you know, it, though. Don't lead with the teeth. I love the innocence. I think I, I want to keep my son. My son is very tall and it's very sweet because he's incredibly innocent and very big. And we I, we didn't teach him the, the words that a big brother may have taught him. In fact, I mean, we were so prude that we didn't even teach him the word fart because I knew I would hear it a mm-hmm. hundred times a day. So I just, of course, like a caveman, he came up with his own name for it and he calls them tushy burps, oh. which I feel like we need to That's perfect. Wikipedia that. Ma- yeah, make that a we'll thing. trademark that. Yeah, trademark. Urban tushy burps. At least, yeah. 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 Oh, that's so cute. Isn't it good? Yeah. Because once he knows them, like from a big brother or an old kid, and this just all day is just going to be my balls, my dick, my farts. Right. Because that's my husband. Okay. Now, when... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, when, where do you want to go for dinner? My balls, my dick. Right. Well, no wonder you were attracted to him. Oh, so attractive. How did you guys meet? We met on a show. My husband's a cinematographer. Mm. He's a director of photography for television right. programming. He does uh, Two and a Half Men and The Big Bang Theory oh, currently. I have not heard of those. No. They're new, fledgling mm-hmm. projects. I wish them the best, yes, though. Yes. A just gentleman mm. named Ashton Coucher. He's French. just starting out. He's a French French boy. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to do well. He's cute. He has terrible acne. Does he really? Oh, 
No, he glows. It's a, you know the 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 truth about you know certain people like that. You think, oh, everybody's airbrushed. Not this one. Yeah. This gentleman, this boy's got some. He's glows. He's I would, like J Lo skin. I'd like to see him in person. See, I and I I I bought that he needed proactive. Oh, you did. Yeah, no. I, I believed you. No, you mm-mm. sold it. I really did. Yeah. No, it was a bit. I've heard that Kim Kardashian in real life is more beautiful than anyone else in the whole world. I'm not buying that. Yeah, I feel. See, she looks like someone who secretly has bad skin. I feel like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Why is my friend covering for her? Oh no, who's this friend? Is her name Sarah? Is her name Kanye West? No. Mm. I mean, not that I, not that I'm aware. Mm. I, I think, think it's just know. Sarah. Mm. Right, because that'd be weird if mm-hmm. her, his, her name was Kanye West, but her nickname was maybe Sarah. It's, maybe Kanye West is her middle name. Mm. I'm going to have to probe that I'm further. Get to the bottom of this. I know. So, Dustin, I need, I need to get to the bottom of the fact that when you were uh, entering business school, you had to take an improv class. What? Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's it's part of the orientation program. We have. I forget <laughs> if it was a whole day. I think it was just a half day of instruction. And I can say from the half day of instruction wherein business school students attempted to do improv that I think it's good. I'm assuming that not many MBAs were cast on your film. Uh, <laughs> not and, although Ken Jong, okay. the oh, doctor. Right. Ken Jong is go. a bona fide, and he's not just a sometimes weekend half day doctor. He's the real deal. Yeah. Um, so now I just said that so you could feel bad about yourself. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, listen, I'm a, a part-time podcast sidekick and an MBA. So, I mean. You're breaking the mold. Yeah. You take, are. Take that, Ken Jong. Mm. Mm. He's I'm trying gonna... to clear this frog out of my throat um, quietly. Ooh, this. Try this. Oh, it involves sucking. Oh, I can do that. Here. You know what that is? Um, I, I don't. Look, I just pulled something out of my pocket. It looks like a fruit it. snack. It's so you know who turned me on to these? Jeff Garland, because I had a froggy throat. There, it's a black black currant flavor. Oh, I can do that. They're good. There it seems go. like something that's kind of like a jelly thing. It is. You suck on it, and it soothes your throat. Okay. But anyway, uh, MBAs are not good at improv. Is is the that's the um, bottom line? The bottom line from the story. Um, but what was the point of it to teach you guys? Yeah. To- so in theory, it's fantastic. I mean, I think it like right. you were talking about um, a friend of yours who teaches. Uh, sci- Alan scientists. Alda oh, yeah. is the Alan friend. Alan Alda teaches improv to scientists, I which I think is so him. brilliant. I love that, and I love him. Yeah. So the idea is to it's like loosen you up or. Well, it, it was more about um, teamwork because okay. you do some, a bunch of group assignments. And, and the point of that is that when you go into the workplace, most things are team based and you right. have to be able to collaborate and um, and get everyone pulling in the same direction and so forth. So there was a lot of instruction on yes and and right. you know, sort of the metaphorical yes and in right. business, um, not shutting people down. So and You never uh, know when you might want to pull out an imaginary taco and just run with it. Yeah, there we go, which we, yeah, we often do. Yeah. No, we don't. Um, the, uh, yeah, so, but in practice it was, you know, we these like kind of typical improv games, which we just basically sucked at because I think it's the classic, it's like the, the office uh, bit where Steve right. Carell tries to do improv and everyone just thinks it's like, it's going for the big punchline that that's what it's all about which was completely the opposite of what they were trying to teach us improv is about so we did that that game where you stand in a circle and everyone just adds a word to the to the story right 
And, um, you know, it'd be like, once upon a time, there was underpants, you know. It's like, oh, it's like Mad Libs when you're four. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. And, it, um, and uh, seriously, you know, and we have this uh, improv instructor who's in this, uh, you know, somewhat notable women's comedy troupe. I'll, I'll protect the innocent and not not say who it was, but she's like, you know, she's really trying to be patient with it. She's like, okay, well, we don't, you know, it doesn't need to be like a crazy word. You can oh, just, God. you can just say the next thing that would, that would follow in the sentence. And then just the and story like, will, okay. will kind of take shape. Starts. <laughs> exactly. And then we go once upon a time zombie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that, uh, in practice, uh, a whole lot was gained other than learning that MBAs probably shouldn't be cast in well, improv. Well, not everybody, you know, there, I think there's a misconception about improv too. There are different kinds of improv. There's the people who do the, the whose line is it anyway, people who do the games, like Ryan Stiles is mm-hmm. unbelievable, unbelievable at it. But then there's a different kind of improv, which is improving in character. And that I can do. But the games, I mean, it was known in the state. We were terrible at improv. We tried the games a couple of times. It was horrible. But when and then when it came to doing Reno 911, we just simply didn't have time to write the script because we we were in the middle of this situation with Fox and they had turned down another script we had written and we ended up having to improv this at the last second. But we realized in character we could improv, but but not absolutely not the game. This they're hard. It's too hard. <laughs> um, do you have a preference working off of a script or doing improv? Oh, that's I've never thought about that. Um, I feel like it's sort of like women who can wear short hair. If you can't, if you have a face for short hair, you should wear short hair because other people can't do it. Mm. Um, I feel like if you can do improv, it's more fun because a lot of people can't do it. Uh, so in that regard. In a competitive regard, it's fun. Um, but it depends. If it's great writing, th- why – I always love when you go to an audition and you know there's these precious words on a page and the showrunner who's created it is sitting right there and the, and the casting director says, let's just have fun with it. Oh, God. Which is so, – so in other words, you want me to paraphrase the, the words of the, the scribe that's sitting here and <laughs> assuming that I think this would have been a better line than what you've written. Um, if it's well written, go for the script. If you, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at learning, pretty quick at learning lines. So, see, and auditions I go on, and it, they're not precious words, and there's not a scribe. It's you know various hosting things, but they will say, you know, you don't have to do the words exactly. Have fun with it. Have fun Make with it, it your own. You're like, we want to see someone who fun. brings someone brings something to it, and they're they're. There's a handful of times that I've actually done that, that I've really mm-hmm. brought my own jokes and really made it my own and put my own stamp on it. Because, you know, I'm not like everyone else. I'm coming in there with my own set of skills. And I'm just going to just be me right. or do me, as they say on Jersey Shore and elsewhere. Um, but that's a lot of extra work. And my hunch is always that it goes to the person who pretty much did it straight. I think you're probably right. I hate that. I think you're probably right. I've had a couple of those auditions where um, my my very first audition was for a commercial. And, uh, you know, if you've ever auditioned for a commercial, there are they, – they're titled. And the title may have very little to do with the commercial actually, what it's really about. And the title of this particular commercial was – it was for AT&T or one of the – it was for one of the, the um, phone companies. This was – decades ago and the title was mime <laughs> and the idea behind it was that this actor is 
listening to the voiceover and reacting. And the voiceover was like, you know, are you tired of spending too much on your your home phone bill? Have you ever thought to yourself, maybe if I could, you know, find a better – so I saw mime on there. Now, I'm in acting college and I take a mime class. I'm fucking got a B in mime class. I'm going to nail this because I bet these guys you never will believe took that box is there. mime class. They're going to be at least above average. So I was sweating, literally sweating. At the end, I was doing like the Godspell breathing. Like I was pulling a rope. I was climbing ladders. I had birds landing on my fingers. I was lighting flames. And I stopped and I looked up and I was going. And the look on their faces was priceless. Now, my girlfriend at the time uh, in college, her she worked there. And that's how I got into this audition. And she called me later and she's like, oh, honey, um, they didn't mean literally like in a white unitard like Marcelma. Like they meant just – so I later got to see the commercial. And it, the person that was cast was simply – very, very subtly reacting with their face. Maybe an eyebrow up? Hmm, that sounds like something. <laughs> oh, I was mortified. And she said, to this day, that tape gets passed around <laughs> at lunchtime. It's like a, a, it's gone viral. That's amazing. So I've got to get a hold of it. I think we should do some Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something. Okay, this is where we figure out if the people who send send us their just me or everyone's are freaks or if they're common. Okay, I hate I H eight says when I burp I say either biatch or barack and there's a lot of a's in there for the duration. The barack is followed by a quiet Obama in normal <laughs> voice. I love, I love that. that. I, I love that. I don't do that, but I wish I did. Anyone else? I might be able to work up a burp and actually. Yeah. Well. Oh, that was good. Barack. Was that a real one? Yeah. That was good. Sorry. Mine was a little juicier. Don't apologize. Be proud. That's a skill. Yeah. Put that on your resume next. Did you make yourself burp or did you have one on deck? The second one I made myself, but I've been eating, so it's easy. Okay. Have you ever made yourself burp and thrown up by accident yes okay let's not do that really no. yes let's do that another time absolutely that's like the verbal shart <laughs> that's exactly what it is great actually. band by the way right as opposed great to a tushy band. burp that's a mouth fart that's yuck it's a verbal <laughs> shart i like the first yeah one. Uh, yeah you're right you know what i, gu- yeah, I was guilty of the lily i should have stopped yeah. yeah well you it know happens. dustin and i had a burping contest this I've told this story before, so I'm not going to stretch it out. Which but it I all, won. I won. Oh wow! wow. Excuse oh, me. <laughs> That's wow. nice, Gary. Sorry. That was I was just lazing Thank God about. Gary wasn't there on the couch drinking root beer and burping, and then I thought, what soda? I creates? don't even need a soda stream. This what is so up? weird to me. And your boyfriend doesn't not want to make babies with you. I haven't shown him <laughs> the burps yet. Okay. The farts. Yes. I would save those. First. For a romantic moment? For the kid's first birthday, maybe. (laughs) I can make myself burp. Okay. Um, (laughs) 
Well, maybe you should save the burp for so like for for when you want to break it to him. You should say, "I want a baby," but on the A oh, and baby, yeah. have, oh, yeah. have a giant burp okay. built up. Let me see if I can do it. I want a. Oh darn! Sometimes you get I stuck know. on the M burp. Well, you. Okay. You've got time to practice. Don't. <laughs> you've got till you're forty. You've got till no, you're forty-two my, to my get it right. My stuff's drying up. I'm out of practice. Dustin, talk into the microphone while I make myself burp. Okay. I'm, this is where we really should have a camera because oh, Allison is very, is, is very – I would kill for video right now. I know. Is, no is very physically working up a burp. Like there's chest teams going on right now. Oh, damn it. Sorry. We all get performance anxiety. It's yeah. not a big deal. It happens. <laughs> I can do better. Maybe. <laughs> These See, are this so is embarrassing. The bad. These are barely burps. They're just like they're you're hardly insane. letting anything out. Though I feel like you've got all this air. Like in the middle of oh, the podcast, you're just gonna. <laughs> you just throw in the word really quickly. Yeah, you've got to hold it till after the consonant is the key to it. Okay. <laughs> can I can like, do better. Can you fart out that the video. word, baby? <laughs> I can say it while I fart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, hang on. <laughs> you guys don't make that. Sound, yeah, that I do. Water bong sound. I do. You? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am really great. worried for a vomit at this point because it's like you're. You know what's going to happen? You're, you're, you're gonna going to get home and you're going to be alone and you're going to do it amazing and you're going to start laughing and your boyfriend's going to look at you like, what? Are you, what's so funny? Uh, he's going to have to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> it's diminishing returns. Just one more time and then we're going to move on. Whoa! Oh, that, that was, was very close. That was very. Was close. that you? Yeah. Oh, that was good. Yeah. I threw my burp. Okay. I have to say that to my son all the time. Don't throw your burps. <laughs> Make them count. Poke an eye out. Make them count. Anyway, we were drinking a lot of soda mm-hmm. for the um, to see what soda creates the best burps for the bourbon contest, and I oh. burped last and longest. Dustin thinks he won, but I'm pretty sure I did. But then there was some talk about how. Well, it's my show, so I I had um, you know people wanted to say that I won because they were just being nice to me or something. That's bullshit. some good old fashioned cheap fun. That's like riding the escalators at the mall. Eh, I'm all about the oh, cheap or fun. When I, was a, burp when I was a kid, we used to uh, go to one of the tallest buildings in Greenville, South Carolina, which was like nine stories tall, and uh, and go to the top and then ride the escalator back down, but jump before it went down, so it oh, felt like whoa. you were floating for a couple of seconds. That is cheap fun. I would do that right now, actually. I think that probably doesn't get old. You want to try crack? Um, sounds more expensive than elevators. It's cheap. It's pretty okay. cheap. We were just talking about um, right on the earlier podcast someone who stole 300 pounds of frozen meat to uh, feed their crack habit. So. That, that sounds like too much here? work for me. Yeah, that's a good guess. No, 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 oh. no. He worked at a homeless shelter. Okay, and it was on his watch that this happened. Okay, now it just got sad. He was just an enabler. Okay. Yeah. Have you guys ever tried crack? No, I never have either, Dustin. No, Gary. I, I had a friend who uh, was really excited to try it, and I can tell you someone who will probably surprise you tried crack. Please, Adam Carolla. He has. That's what I said. It doesn't. Su- it does, and it doesn't. When it did this happen? Me. It, it comes out. 
Does Mr. Trump know this? <laughs> no, Mr. Trump thinks I'm the only one who's smoking crack because apparently I filmed Magic Johnson's ear, but that's a whole other thing. I saw that. Um, you didn't, though. No, He turned we didn't, around. But they made me a human cliffhanger for, on Mother's I Day know. of all fucking days. It was Mother's exciting. Day. Come on. I just felt bad for my mom. Um, but yeah, Adam, it comes out in the new book. Yeah. It's huh. just like in passing. Like it's not even – it's like – It's a good thing you're not re- letting anything out that's in the book so that people yeah, can yeah. experience it. You know, it's on Amazon. Uh, click through Allison Rosen's new best friend, June 12th. and uh, AllisonRosen.com, yeah. Pre-order that bitch. And uh, yeah, but it's like it's in passing in a story. It's like, yeah, I came home from work at 6 in the morning and my roommates were standing there smoking crack. So we smoked a little crack. And then he moves on to like something completely different. It's, it's very weird. Wow. Huh. See, I would never do it. Me either. Be- no, there's a because. Because I'm afraid I would like it too much, and I thought keep that doing I had it. that thought. I had that thought, it's and, it's, a, and it's not sexy, right? Yeah, that's it's not my, a sexy drug. That's my logic on that and heroin. It's too. Yeah, one heroin. thing when it's coke, and it's like I'm a coke addict. Mm-hmm. Something yeah, sort of Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, something cool about it. Yeah, but cra- it's just never cool, right? Do you guys watch Girls? I just started last oh. night. Oh yeah, you were just telling me you don't have time to watch good shows last night. Holy God, David! Wait. Um, What's his name? Judd Apatow? No, no, no. I, 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 that's on the tip of my tongue. He he was the guest. He he played. Um, if you tried to burp it, would that help? He played, <laughs> no. Chris he, O'Dowd? No. He played uh, her, Leah Dunham's boyfriend. Oh, Adam Driver, I think. Yes. What a fucking powerhouse. Yes. Holy God. I am. That's a. He's amazing. I am relating. Wait, so. Justin, you don't watch it, and Gary, you don't watch it. We're going to have to pull all the listeners. I've, no, I, I don't watch it yet, but I've got them all kind of Well, cued. for the people that listen, Somebody I am relating straight. way too much to that show, like uncomfortably so. That's not I good. had my own version of that Adam guy. Yeah. So, Well, anyway. I think we all – I think, yeah. That's the point. We yeah. all did. Yeah. Probably not Dustin. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh Wis Mellis says, check inside of shower curtain door for spiders before turning on water. I must say, a, a preponderance of mm. the JMOs have to do with spiders. And uh, I don't do that, but I should because oftentimes I'll be in the shower and there'll be a spider that'll crawl up the wall and I'll think, now what do I do? <coughs> and I try to just drown it. Yeah, that happened to me the other day. And I was going to... Uh like try and liberate it because it was kind of like spidering around um, <laughs> in in the water, um, the the standing water that inevitably so builds cliche. in my in my shower because it doesn't drain well, um, and then it somehow like swam its way down to it like it committed shower suicide. Ugh. I was going to help it, it out, drown itself. How yeah, did he it know? He didn't itself know out. that though. I know. We were just it's, a, I, yeah, he we, didn't even know we, in a web. We, we weren't communicating well. I have but. a friend who's who her mother is one of my favorite people on the planet, and she used to do say things to me when I had you know my own show. She'd go, "You should forget doing this show like this. Nobody watch. You should do a Coke commercial." She would always <laughs> say to me, and I would say, "Great, I'll just call them." And make that happen. Um, but her, my friends had her daughter at her mother's house. So I'm telling this terribly. Um, no, but she had I'm a, going the baby, on this ride. The baby, uh, she was changing her, her baby's diaper on her mother's bed. And she called out, Mom, get a napkin. There's a spider in here. We've got to kill the spider. And her mom said, why do you want to kill the spider? Isn't, why are you... Just leave it alone. She said, Mom, it's right near the baby. Get a, get a napkin. I want to kill it. And she goes, she goes, I don't see what the big deal. And she said, Mom, it could be poisonous. 
And her mom said, which is one of my favorite quotes of all time now, not these days. (laughs) (laughs) Spiders have changed. (laughs) That's good. That's sort of an inside joke with my husband. I like that. Um, That actually reminds me, a segment within a segment. I I don't know what this – oh, Gary's ready to play some music. There's no music yet. It's brand new, and it's completely self-aggrandizing. It could just be called – um, hey, stroke my ego. But on the Adam Carolla show, which is the other show that I do, um, oftentimes I'll make little comments or say little jokes or whatever that aren't really heard by the people in the room, um, which is fine. But people will will tweet at me that they heard it. And like that's a big thing, kind of telling me about little comments I made that were so fast that no one really – you know, no one uh, paid them the proper respect in the room, let's say, <laughs> but that they think are super funny. So now, and this is kind of uh, obnoxious, sometimes when I say things, I'll think, oh, this is one they're going <laughs> to they're gonna pick up on. <laughs> but, so that's why I have to tell you guys about one that zero, a big fat goose oh, egg of people heard. can I just warn you, you're going to retell a joke that didn't play the first time. Is that what's happening? And yeah, you know why? it gets its proper respect. Okay, okay. You want to no, know I'm why? here for you. Because I'm sure that it's... I'm here for you. Here's the delusion. Okay. I'm sure okay. that it's so genius. Okay. It's I'm just, ready. It's truly that no one heard Total it. Total open mind. They didn't, they couldn't have heard I'm it. There pretend was like, no, you, it was so I'm quiet. I'm this. Well, if it, doesn't, right. if it doesn't work this time, you could, maybe you could explain it after. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. You could write a book uh, about absolutely it. Absolutely, I will. Thank you. Okay. So Adam was talking about um, how he realized a great way, new, exciting way to kill spiders is with some kind of um, flammable material and like a torch or something. So he was just creating fireballs in the air and burning these spiders. And he was saying that there was a spider in the corner of his, I don't know, rec- some room where he works at or something. Rumpus and like room. Sometimes he has been saying rumpus room a lot. Did you say just rectum. pull that out of? Mm. <laughs> did you just pull rumpus room out of nowhere? It's sort of a go-to for like the funniest name for a room. Mm-hmm. Oh. See, if only I'd known. Anyway, Men's add it to the story. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, in the rumpus room, um, I just clumsily toss that in. So he said that you know sometimes you have a spider that's like just lazy, but then sometimes you have a spider that's like you know really active. And I and I said you had a real Charlotte on your hands. Okay. Very funny. <laughs> it's not that funny, obviously. I suppose you now should... I'm realizing. But it's just that I thought perhaps it was just a, you know, a reference to a much beloved and ballyhooed. Sure, it's a piece clever of liter- literature. Liter- yeah. literary reference. Zero zero people wrote me to let me know they heard that. Because they didn't hear it, so I think. Because if they did, they I think you're going to get a lot of letters now, Allison. I don't, are they going to be positive? <laughs> I just think you're going to get I, a lot of letters. I think they'll be well articulated on what people thought about that. Okay, let's see. Let's see here. Um, oh, okay. Big DK says having to carry all the groceries in one trip despite physical pain and possible bag explosions along the way. Yes, I do that. I am always yes. dropping something or spilling yes. something. Yes. What? Why do we do this oh, to ourselves? Oh, and can I take it one step yeah, further? Yeah. I do it constantly. I did it yesterday, as a matter of fact. There were too many cups in the bedroom. My son, he'll take a sip of something and then have to go get another milk and another juice, and then I've got 50 cups in my bedroom. And I car- tried to carry them all out instead of dumping some of them, and I spilled all of them. But then what I do consistently is then speak to myself out loud <laughs> every time. And, I, and that's one of the very few times that I do it, but I do it every time. I, I, I say like a damn it, Carrie. 
It's sad. Who whose voice is that you're speaking to yourself in? This is my grandmother. She's always feel the pain. Feel the pain. It's not true. She was always trying to keep me from spilling the cups. Um, no, I go. Damn it, Carrie. And I do that in the car too. I go. I'm. I say I'm sorry out loud in the car a lot. If I do something dumb and I turn and I didn't see somebody, I go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't think I talk to myself out loud. I talk to myself in my head constantly. You don't, I don't have an out think, loud? No, unless something shocks me or frightens me, or then I might do like, oh, whoa, or something like that. But not not actual conversation with myself out loud. I broke my foot last year. I slipped. I, we were getting out of the jacuzzi. The dog took my son's new bathing suit, and I jumped out really fast, and I slipped, and I broke my foot. And when I landed, I surprised myself by blurting out, Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. It's so oh, quaint. Oh my word. <laughs> Dustin, do you speak out loud to yourself? I don't. But I was gonna say on the uh, on the grocery thing, um I uh I don't think I do that so much. And the reason is that um when I lived in New York and didn't have a car, uh there was no real option to right breaking up the grocery trips. Right. Seven floor walk up, you put them under your arm. Yeah. Yeah. And and my nearest uh, grocery store in Queens, where I lived most of the time in New York, was like, you know, seven blocks away. Not super far, but far enough that Mm -hmm. if you bought, say, a week's worth of groceries, that was was too much to buy. And I frequently calibrated poorly as far as how much I should buy, given Mm -hmm. that my only option was to carry it physically. There's a sale on cases of soda. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you got, you need that, you know, 10 for 10 for nine. You might have a burping contest later, for example. Yeah. One should always be prepared Hmm. for that. You never know. And so I would seriously have so many that I would have to like stop every two blocks and just just, like squat down. And And your finger, the the white across your fingers. Yes. From the bags cutting off. Yeah. Yeah. And I would think of those like strongman contests they Mm -hmm. run on ESPN where they have to, you know, lug like, you know, uh, uh, slot heavy. machines on their back and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, they weren't carrying soda. Right, exactly. But it was like, but they were actually like in a competition where they could win like hundreds of thousands of dollars for doing it well. I was just walking down the street for, you know, in like Queens the- for no reason. <laughs> and so now I feel like I so appreciate that I can break groceries up into, yeah. I feel like honestly I'm not taking that opportunity as much as I should. Like, I feel like I should I now go from my car to my apartment like one bag at a time or just like one can of soup at a time. I can do this all day now. You know, look at me. Every time I think I think I, I for some reason need to get it all done quicker. So I do one trip and I always end up doing something that makes the whole rest of the day fucked up. I spill. So I, I have to go change. Yeah, see, it you're wearing an entirely white outfit, which is very attractive. But my first thought when I saw that was, I could never do that because I spill on myself way too frequently. I'm wearing a, a white bikini, if you can't see. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. A thong. So therefore, if you spill hot coffee, there's a lot of flesh that could be okay. seared. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's very bold of me to wear white, too, with my son, but he's not here today. Okay. Um. So in New York, though, same grocery situation. And I thought I would I, – I, I, Dustin and I both used to live in New York. Um, and I'm I thought – what? That's where I'm from as well. Yes, we all. We all dealt with that horrendous mm-hmm. grocery 
awfulness, um, which actually wasn't that bad. So I thought I would just love being back out here and having a car and the convenience and everything. And I'm not loving the car aspect of it all. Mm-mm. No, I wish I th- there was a grocery store to walk to. Yes. <laughs> I know. I know. I live very far from everything. You're in Malibu, right? We're in Malibu and it's. I might as well live in Manhattan and drive everywhere. <laughs> Because it's very far. But I still find myself driving over the hill to go to Trader Joe's because I love it. But um, I do the same thing. I I pile up a bunch of crap and I really don't have to do that. I I did call my – I remember I called my mom when I first moved here and I said, you're never going to believe what I'm doing. And I think she was expecting something way more exciting. I said, (laughs) I'm driving my car to my house that has – and there are groceries in the back. <laughs> it was such a big deal. And I try to remind myself of that every time I'm driving 100 miles to get to the grocery store and how lucky I am to be able to do that. <laughs> Whatever. When did you move out here? 98. And how was your adjustment? Uh, at first, I loved it. At first, I, I was I was still enamored by the palm trees. Mm-hmm. Tom Lennon and I would, would every day go, look for some palm tree. It was a big deal. And the grocery driving and the barbecues and all that stuff but i am a diehard new yorker and i miss it like a limb and uh, i'm that annoying person when we're sitting on the beach in malibu on a sunday and people say isn't this just perfect and i'm like i get it yeah it's great but for me i like new york yeah i'm becoming more and more that way when i Mm -hmm. first got here for a while i was like well you know, there's there's great things about both, and there are great things about both. But I'm I miss New York more and mm-hmm. more. But I probably won't ever go back, or I won't go back for a really long I time. I miss New York more since I've had my son, because now I'm looking at the world. Every day is an opportunity for teaching, and I'm finding it hard here uh, to give him the sorts of things that were just immediately around. I mean, I was there. I try to go as often as I can, but I was there last week and. I was standing outside my hotel and I just thought, if he were here right now, what would he be experiencing? I smelled something I'd never smelled before, a great you know, food. I heard nine languages in three minutes that I was standing there. Um, you know, the, the clothes that you would never see because everyone wears the same thing mm-hmm. in Malibu. Um, to all those kinds of things that you don't have to buy or go looking for are just there for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's that kind of nonsense. But, you know, I mean, the kid, you know, we live at the beach. It's wonderful and air and running and all of that is great. But I do love, you know, wish you could have it all. Wish you could have it all. But Yeah, I miss okay. that amount of stimulation. Yeah, the stimulation. That's what it is. I, I, I do better with lots of input. Um, and my husband is a way more easygoing guy. He loves the silence, and silence for me is terror. I can't tell you how uplifting that was for you to say that you wished you could have raised, your, like that you could be raising your son in New York, because it drove me crazy when I lived in New York. I mean, not that I've been a parent or sort of know what would what one thing is better than the other, but it seems to me that like that experience is a great thing mm-hmm. f- for a child, and that mm-hmm. exposing them to as many. I mean, I feel like. 
if I am a parent, I would also want to do that, expose a child to as many varied mm-hmm. experiences as possible, and that New York is the best possible place for that. And for everyone, including people like native New Yorkers who love New York and love living in New York, are like, well, but you know, but when we have the kid, you know, then we got to start, you know, thinking that we're looking at maybe moving to Pittsburgh. Yeah, or, you everyone know, like, leaves when they have kids. And, well, and it, but it's just like this given; it's this accepted uh, wisdom for mm-hmm. some reason, like that that it just has to be done, and it's well, so weird to me. Don't get me wrong; there are, uh, you know. The grass is certainly always greener, but the, but there are the the immense amount of dangers and sure. dirty and you know that kind of stuff too. But but um, yeah, I'm just I'm just living in that grass is always greener thing. We're going there in, in two weeks together, and I'm sure in five minutes I'll be over it. Okay? <laughs> After well, it's he hot eats, right now, eats a pretzel out of the garbage can. <laughs> Um, That'll be an experience. Mm-hmm. That's right. We will never forget that. Um, I think it's topic sombrero time. It's the topic, topic sombrero. We asked for topics and you sent them in. It's the topic, topic sombrero. Now pick a topic and let's begin. It's the topic sombrero. All right. Can a couple that breaks up get back together and make it last the second time around? Now... My first reaction to this is uh, probably not because I pretty much think that if you broke up, there's a reason you broke up. And I watch people try to make relationships that can't work work for like repeatedly. And I just think it brings so much heartache and heartbreak. And why do that to yourself? However, I do think there are a lot of exceptions to that. And, And when I think about it, a lot of couples that I know who have pretty solid relationships did break up at some point. So therefore, I just gave zero answer. (laughs) I have experience in this, not myself, but with a very close friend. And I would have thought it would not be possible myself. But these people have uh, proven to me that is not the case. They broke up. They're back together. They now are madly in love more than they were before. They have a more stable relationship. They have a child. And I think now more than ever, they know they're in it for the long haul. Uh, why did they break up the first time? I think they were younger and they both had careers that took them in different directions. And now they realized being apart, they realized they wanted to make that those sacrifices and that commitment and that it meant that much to them. I think breaking up was necessary for them. How long were they apart? I feel like a year. Year. <laughs> Those um, – I don't know if you guys ever read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus books, no. which are super cheesy and you will hate yourself as you read it. But I will just say that there's uh, – he said – I can't believe I'm can't believe I'm quoting this or talking about it. I should have just said that I heard this somewhere mm-hmm. as opposed to admitting this is where that came. But, um, well, you see, men are like rubber bands. Right. You have to give them room to stretch it fully you know extend and then they come snapping back to you um but he says that you shouldn't hold it against a guy if he needs to be apart from you and by that i mean like broken up from or if he doesn't realize that he loved you until you guys are broken up Hmm. because that sometimes that's what men need and um i don't know if i could could uh, feel I'm trying to think if I wouldn't hold that against him. I think my attitude would be uh, you had to to lose me to realize what you had. Well, I think the absolute defining factor is why you broke up. 
Yeah. I mean, if the if it's because that person was cheating on you or sleeping with your mom, I mean, it's hard to come back around to that. But if it's that, you know, you didn't have enough time to spend together and you were whatever, I think it certainly depends on the reason. Yeah. Or or like you're saying, if you're both really young yeah. and yeah. you just haven't really dated other people. Yeah. I think, I think the timing is super important. Actually, for a, a dating article I wrote way back in the day, I interviewed this researcher who had found that um, uh, people who can consider themselves first loves or people talking about other people that they considered their first loves that they had lost touch with frequently – uh, had a desire to to reconnect with those people because often the reason that they had drifted apart w- wasn't to do with the sort of underlying relationship, but it was more like circumstances in life and stuff like that. And and in that case, she found that that those who had found their way back together actually had incredibly strong relationships and were like incredibly happy. But I don't. I think that it's less likely that that's going to work out and be successful if it's like you start dating someone in your 30s and then you like you wait for him to snap back like a rubber band or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever the theory is especially if he's sleeping with your mom <clears throat> yeah but, yeah yeah avoid people who are sleeping with your mom yeah that's sort of or just good... be wary of them yeah. yeah 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 exactly you can't judge but no um have you ever broken up with someone and then gotten back together with them and that worked no. Personally, no. Me neither. I have broken up with someone and gotten back together and it didn't work. Yes. That's, that's the been only my experience, experience yeah, as well. Likewise. Yeah. In fact, I was like a real uh, zealot on this matter where I would always tell friends, you cannot get back <laughs> together with people that you broke up with. And, uh, you know, it was just like a thing that I was known for. And You're that, fun. You're a fun friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then burping <laughs> contests and yelling at them. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I finally... Um, Gave it a shot with someone that I had broken up with. And all of my friends were, of course, all over me saying that, you know, how can you betray your, you know, yourself? And it was just, uh, I guess, karmic justice that it was like a horrible. Like, I don't think we even lasted three weeks on the on the like second time around. It was uh, it was a train wreck. Yeah, you're an advocate for clean breaks. Yes, I am an advocate for clean breaks. Mentally, I am, but I think in practice, I'm more of a messy break kind of person. I'm friends with most of my exes. Are you? Yeah, yeah, because we had a real connection at one point. If it and if it was a real connection, and you're just trying to figure out what that connection is and what do we mean to each other, and then you realize, oh wait, we weren't meant to be this kind of relationship. We were meant to be this kind of relationship. But uh, I would say most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm friends with most of the guys that I had somewhat casual relationships with or that I that I dated. But in terms of the serious relationships um, that I had, I'm not friends with with the, the two guys that I was in relationships with in New York. But they're both married, and I think that's part of it. Like, I don't want to... I'm still close friends. With, in fact, my boyfriend in college, my first love, really... I'd like to make clear they my, weren't married at the time. My <laughs> My first big girl girlfriend uh, was uh, – I was the girlfriend – was Craig Wedren who's a oh, musician. Yeah. And now, Didn't he do the state's music? He did. And Craig has since married 
for for many years they've been married, Tom Lennon's sister. Oh, wow. So it just felt like, you know, we're dancing around each other going, I love you so much, but what is this? What are we to each other? And that wasn't it. But the but the just adoring the person in general, and while we're still very much in each other's lives and adore each other's husbands and wives and kids and all that great stuff, mm-hmm. so, still a family, but in a different way. When you met your husband, how did you how did how did you know he was like the one? I didn't. I, in fact, I had a very specific type that I would go for. They didn't necessarily look a certain way, but they were a sort of generally in the in the rock music world and. Uh, usually a performer, and my girlfriend uh, from New York, who was actually the drummer in my band, would say to me, okay, after this breakup, let's just take some time. You need to take some time by yourself. You're a serial dater. So I had broken up with somebody, and she came out to L.A. from New York to visit me, and and uh, I said, you know what? I just got this show. I have to do the table read. You hang out with this guy who I know. He's a nice guy. He's the DP on the show. Um you know, I'll be back in an hour. I came back from that table read and she said, you need to date him. And I was like, what? You're telling me to date somebody? And him? <laughs> He's really? And I just didn't see it. It wasn't an aversion to it. It just was not the not normally who I would. And I, at that exact moment, everything just sort of went, you know, like, you know, wavy in front of me. And I went, wait a minute. Wow. And I saw him in a completely different light and immediately just fell in love with him. Wow. And that was how it happened. If she hadn't said that, I'm sure you've thought of this before. What do you think would have happened? I really don't know. I've actually never thought of that. Oh. I really don't know. I really don't know. Because I'm a romantic, I like to think you guys still would have ended up together. Well, I, you know, would have been sad if we hadn't. He's, you know... I mean, I think it takes, you know, your friends to sometimes point you in right directions. If you're going to listen or not, that's another thing. And normally I wouldn't listen. But this time I listened and and I listened because she was right. You know, if he had been a a creepy doggy face, I probably would have listened. (laughs) But he's a handsome dude. Well, Dustin and I have talked about this when I was telling him um, at the kind of the beginning-ish of the the relationship that I'm in now. I was saying that it from the very beginning, it felt different than – anything else that I had been involved in mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure whether I wanted I didn't even think I wanted to be in a relationship I was just done mm-hmm. for a while um, because it, all the relationships I've been in in the past just hadn't gone well mm-hmm. and I dated the wrong guy repeatedly and then I'd done that thing where I'm like I'm not attracted to this guy but it seems like the right guy so I'm gonna make myself date him and then th- and then when that didn't work I thought I don't I can't I can't figure this out anymore and I've read too many stupid dating books I'm very much in my head and my life is fine without a boyfriend Mm -hmm. it's better than like it's 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 frighteningly fine Mm -hmm. that i don't feel like i need this and i'm sure one day i'll want this but and also by the way the more you don't have sex the less you like i would think sex is something i used to engage in and it's been a long time and um, i'm totally okay with that i was weirdly okay with all of it but then i became friends with this guy and i was drawn to him but i really wasn't sure if i wanted uh, anything more than friendship but so I was telling Dustin all this, and you know, at this point we were already going out. The, uh, the guy and I are already going out. She and her, not the two of us. Right. Important clarification. <laughs> and um, and then Dustin was pointing out that well, that kind of makes sense. That if everything in the past, if you had a pattern in the past, and that never panned out, so to speak, then the the right thing would feel different from mm-hmm. the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
Ours felt different from the beginning. Absolutely. I, I did the same thing. My relationship before my husband was so dramatic. It was beyond ridiculous. And that I too was done, 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 done. I mean, it, uh, Oh, yeah. that's for another podcast. Uh, but, <laughs> Was that for Mark Maron's podcast? Yeah, seriously, you've already used that good material. <laughs> He's got that copyrighted. Um, but this relationship yeah, felt totally different. Felt like like this. Uh, this looks like what I see other people having. I didn't think that I could have one of these. I didn't think I would want one of those. I knew I wanted one of those. I didn't think I was capable of, of calming down enough to be in one. I think I, I wanted it. The idea of not being nervous all the time and of having someone who I could <clears throat> trust and who I knew would be there and who, when I left, I wasn't instantly like, when am I going to see me again? What's going mm-hmm. on? Just like, blah, 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 all that noise in my head. I, that appealed to me, but I didn't think I could feel a, attracted to someone who didn't right. bring that level right. of, tr- of, of turmoil. turmoil. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Is that sexy? I think at a certain point when you've hit, when you've run against the wall enough times, yeah, it is. It is, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know because sometimes I mean, now that just... I have a son, I can't imagine. Sometimes I, you know, think about, you know, what life would be like with someone, anyone other than my husband with this child, and you know, my God, it's like going through a war together. You know, you have to really be able to count on somebody. Yeah, Dustin, how's your love life? <laughs> as as empty as it's always been. <laughs> Good. Let's keep it status quo. Yeah. Gary, do you want to chime in? I forget what the original subject was. Oh, it was uh, it was breaking up, getting back together. The spiders, I think. Yeah. Spiders. It was uh, burping. <laughs> uh, well, I do. I am scared of spiders, for sure. So I don't like that they keep coming up on the JMOs. You're avoiding the topic. Gary. I am avoiding yes. the topic. I'm, I'm, What's her I name? I want to tell my spider story that I was too embarrassed to tell on stage at UCB. Okay. Oh, I it, I wasn't embarrassed. I was I was kind of shell shocked at UCB. I didn't talk a lot at that show, but you we guys- just did a live show at Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, which went very well. And went Gary excellent. thought he was going to be in the back um, doing the tech stuff from back there, but instead he they was on stage. stage. Yeah, which I thought was very cool, even though um, I kind of forgot he was there often because he was behind <laughs> me. It was the first time. It we was were fine. All, it was yeah, just, I don't know. People talk about the lights shocking you, and it did. Well, we're used to, you know, with the Adam Kroll show, we do live podcasts all the time, but they're in these theaters where you can see everyone like, oh, right. you're enjoying chicken. And <laughs> oh, now they're bringing the checks for everyone and they're kind of dropping them on the table. And I just Wildly. heard that guy order and um, you're looking at your phone like you can see everything. Right. Whereas this was, you know, like a real uh, a comedy club. Yeah. Theater where the lights are in your eyes and you can't really see the audience that much. Yeah. So that was a little And jarring. did you have usually when we perform there, we have people on stage sit sitting did yeah, you have that that's we, always nerve-wracking a little yeah and they someone's were, sitting indian style and you're afraid you're gonna trip over them well there was like i would i was on stage too so directly behind me were those seats you're talking about mm-hmm. and those were like half full and then directly in front of me were the other side of the stage seats and there was only one person sitting there and i knew who it was and i was just staring right in their eye line the whole time and that was equally as jarring as the 12 people behind me. But I always feel like it's a lot of pressure for those people who are sitting on the stage. Yeah. Yes. One I'd of, like to point out that it was packed, though. It was. Despite no, the fact that it, it makes it sound packed. like the wings were Yes, there's, were only, as... there's only about 14 seats or so on each wing, and one of them had 12 people or so in it, and those were two of the only empty seats in the house, and the other section was the only one they didn't use. The yeah. rest mm-hmm. of the seats in the whole theater were full. 
Um, so, so anyways, they were talking, you guys were talking about spiders, uh, pathetic that I'd point that out during that show. No, it's, it's good. And, uh, by the way, it's a 13 seat theater. (laughs) It's incredibly intimate. It's an intimate, intimate, my mom, my brother, that's right. His girlfriend, (laughs) other girlfriend and the guy in face paint. Yeah, there was a guy in face paint. So anyway, tell your story. Yeah, so anyways, you guys were talking about spiders, and uh, that day, or the day before or something, very recently, I was doing my laundry, and I finished, and I, I, you know, am ghetto, have a laundry room. So I came back up to my apartment with the thing, and I dumped all my laundry out onto my bed, and it was, like, very close to the edge, and, like, a sock or two fell off. And so did a spider that was the size of about a quarter. Was it clean? Out of my clean laundry. I was fucking freaked out for the next did you like, scream like a like a lady i did not scream but i picked up the oh. nearest thing that i could to, to oh my, hit it oh my oh dear oh dear <laughs> my word i inadvertently picked up a shoe that i like used to go hiking or something so i like slammed it as hard as i could on the floor and fucking dirt went everywhere and oh, i just i felt that you get murderer i know but he was in my fucking clean clothes yo that's not oh, okay poor guy was he want to crawl around in your dirty underwear <sighs> How did he get in the- He has Ugh. feelings, too. Does that mean he was in the dryer? I know. That's what I'm wondering like, as well. Did no, he seem hot? He was, I think he was hanging I, out in your laundry basket. I didn't basket. ask him. Oh, that makes he wasn't. so much sense. My, my laundry basket is thatched. He wouldn't have been able to... There was no for him to chill. That it's, seems like where they want to be. People don't use the word thatched often they enough don't. anymore. No. Ro- sometimes for roofs. I couldn't think Wanna of a better word. Want to come over to my house word. and thatch my roof with me? <laughs> you know what I mean. It's got a, like a million holes in it. It's all like cross... Woven? Yeah, it's thatched. Sure. Thatched. What's it made out of? Like plastic. Some, I see, it's not I was, really I was picturing thatched. like banana leaves. Is, yeah, it was too. is the wrong word, but if it was, if you could, it was woven. Yes. And by the way, it's I had I a banana now. leaf basket. Mm-hmm. It's a Target find. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this will be an organic splash of, I don't know what for my house. Anyway, for the next couple of days, I'm walking around my house, it smelled. Yeah, I was yep. like, what smells like feet? Yep. So there's the some thing. rotting sock somewhere or something, and then I just yeah, it was I the bought a frigging banana a fl- leaf basket. I bought flowers at the florist last week. Put them in a vase, walking around the house, going some. There's a rotten Cancer egg somewhere. But I agree. <laughs> we heard that. Um, here's the thing about cancer research: it's important. <laughs> not apparently more important than what I'm saying. No, tell us about these flowers. Anyway, they were smelly, and I, I w- that would be the last thing that I would expect would be that smell coming out of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things that smell like feet need to announce that that's what's going <laughs> Especially on. Especially don't like, disguise beautiful, yourself as a flower. That's right. When you smell like feet. Ugh, that's how they operate. <sighs> the stinkies. Yeah, it should be like when, it, like when uh, something's poison, it has the Mr. Yuck, like... Uh, yeah. Things that are going to smell like feet should have like a little foot with like lines coming yeah. out of it, so that you to know, like, you. like right. it will smell like feet someday. Hey, cheap ass! I know you just <laughs> skipped over the hydrangeas to pick me because I'm cheaper. I smell like feet. <laughs> but the organic thing probably costs more. You cost more for the privilege of having a foot-smelling item. <laughs> That's right. right. I think the sticker could also be someone like a face and then lines showing they're breathing in. Yeah, and then a circle and a slash. Like don't inhale. Yeah, and with a maybe scratch and sniff sticker. Oh, so you know see, what that you're in would for. be good. Did you guys ever have scratch and sniff sticker books that had a gross scent? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, like like yeah. Sesame Street. I remember there was um, I don't Slime know where they went. Or yeah, garbage. Yes, probably garbage from and, uh, Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch and his friend Slimy the Worm, mm-hmm. who you always sell little sticks. 
pushing Slimy. I love him. I still love him. Is Slimy still, still a around? He is good. Mm-hmm. Good. Did you know that they use Sesame Street music to torture? You did? Okay. To, yeah. yeah. Or a Guant- Guantanamo, a Guantanamo, I think, to torture them. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah. seem that torturous. No, I love – I would love it. Yeah. I mean, I guess anything over and over and over again. Well, you have a fairly young child. I mean, well, I was going to say, like the music it's like associated being at Guantanamo with- at my house every day, apparently. <laughs> but isn't – I mean, I, like I haven't listened to these jingles, but I would think, mm-hmm. you know, with repeated hearing, they sure. might be – Sort of cloying. We, or... we listen to a lot of the a lot of the. We've got Bieber fever in our house right now, I'm sorry. and my son insists that it's Justin Beaver with <laughs> with a v, with vengeance. He's furious. He gets furious at me when I call him Justin Bieber. I even tried to Google it for him and show him that it was a B and not a V, and he didn't want to know part of it. Well, well, I, I, there's I, nothing cuter than a six year old <clears throat> with a lisp arguing with you that it's Beaver. That's, I hope he's not cute. Googling Justin Beaver, though, because I feel like that <laughs> no, we might find, turn up We some, found uh, some things. We yeah. found some things. But we have money for therapy. It's <laughs> good. You have everything. Um, Actually, speaking of that, I've, I don't know if you're aware of this, Carrie, but when you um, search your name on mm-hmm. YouTube. Oh, um, yeah, I don't like where this is going. Yeah, like the, the sixth or seventh result is uh, Carrie Kenny Silver nude. I know. Yeah, what and, is that? And, I know. Uh, it's not you. I know. I, I, I viewed the whole thing for funny. research. I have been nude in feature television shows. I've been featured nude on on just tele. I'm going to be nude on anger management coming up in a couple of weeks. But when I get Google alerts about myself, because yes, I have a Google alert on myself. You have to. And it says Carrie Kenny nude. I actually one time made my assistant with his credit card buy the subscription to get in to see if it really was me nude, and it wasn't. And now he has a subscription to I don't know what. Merry Christmas. Is it someone who who is also named Carrie Kenny Silver? No, Mm -mm. has nothing to do with me. It's just like a search result thing. That's just a search result thing. It's just Yeah. yeah. I mean. We uh, did it. They did a porno of Reno, a really good one. I mean, really good. When I say good, it's not just like, you know, good sex. They really went to town with the wardrobe, the hairstyling. And we did a benefit at the UCB for a friend of ours who had cancer, who works for the alternative press and his, um, I mean, Associated Press. And his, uh, they, the, all of the porn people that came because we showed, uh, clips of the porno movie. And, um, they were serious. They they'd written jokes for it. They had the wardrobe. They had a incredible sets. It was impressive. And they you had, say sets or sex set set. Okay. And they had good good bodies and you know it was flattering in a way. Flattering. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got to respect the uh, artistic integrity of yeah. You know, it was impressive. Good good effort. Wonderful. Didn't want to shake their hands, Mm-mm. but good for you. Yeah. Pat Although on the back. I don't want to say more about how I would feel if I found out that someone had done a porn parody involving me because that Tom Lennon for it. a month. Yeah, that would, would be the greatest me... thing that could – I mean that no, that's, will, I feel that super will uncomfortable. show that you've arrived. Well, I know, yeah, I know you wouldn't like it, way. but it would, it would mean great things for your career. Can't Tom, negative tweets show you've arrived? I'm so for sorry. For a month, Tom Lennon would screen grab tweet uh, message, text message me pictures of his character rear fucking my character. <laughs> And I would just be like at the playground and be like, oh, text from Tom. Holy <laughs> Jesus, God. <laughs> I are don't remember you, that happening. Are you in Burning Love? I am. Okay, so. Mm-hmm, today. 
Right? Well, I don't know when this happens. Mm-hmm. Burning Love is a parody of The Bachelor. Yes, a yes. brilliant parody of The Bachelor. With Ken Marino. Yes. And anyone else? Written the- by his wife, Erica Oyama, who's a genius writer. Okay. Uh, yes, everybody's in it. a bunch of it. funny people. Everybody's in it. Ken Jeong's in it. Natasha Leggero. Gotta rub my nose um, in it, huh? I'll forget important people. I know I will. But uh, Michael Ian Black. It's really funny. I'm not into the end. One of the last episodes. And pe- that's on. Episodes. Wh- where do people go to find Burninglove.com. it? Burninglove.com. Okay. It's really, Wonderful. really, really funny. Ben Stiller's in the in the pilot episode, and his wife. Very funny. I think it might be time for. I just have one. Hey, go fuck yourself. What does that mean? Are you going to hit me? No, hey, no. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. This is a segment where we tell people who need to be told to go fuck themselves oh, to go fuck fun. themselves. It's really cathartic. Wow. It's very. But I don't have. Well, have you gotten backlash from it ever? No, I've only gotten frontlash. People wow, love it. Oh, frontlash. Yeah. Um, see, I do have some notes here about. Well, this you is sort of You got a big one out on the first show, so I feel like... Yeah, I did. I, I, there was some yelling. Oh, you have more than one? Oh, yeah. I keep an, an ongoing thing. It's, uh, I, you know, I she have to. She seems so sweet, but there are deep reservoirs right. of hate there. I, maybe I don't oh. even seem that sweet today. I've been burping a lot. Well, sweet. just sort of a general... Uh, generally, there's this... I forget if I've already done this one, but there's this um, sort of quiet current of the people saying that I don't... Uh, open up about myself. Have I? Have you heard me do this one before? No, I don't no. know why anyone would. Isn't no, their whole that's show fucking ridiculous? About Thank you. Opening up about yourself. Yeah, the oh. oversharing, if you will. So We've this done eighteen hours of. They might be talking about me on the Adam Carolla show. It's like I've been to listening show. to her for a year and a half, and the only thing, yeah, it's like I've been listening to this for her for a year and a half, and she's just like a character of a caricature of a real person. The only thing I really know about her is um, she moved out here from New York. She likes cats. She had some ovaries removed, and blah blah blah. First of all, I'm allergic to cats. Second of all, you can't have some over ovaries removed. Like several. Yeah. You should you should do one entire Adam Carolla show, no matter what the topic is, just talk about va- your vaginal itch. I've done that. And they'll get over that. it really quickly. <laughs> well, then what more could there be to share? That, yeah. I mean, I haven't really done that, but I, 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 if I have cramps, you'll know. Um, all I'm saying is I feel like people who think that I don't open up about myself and who think that they don't know anything about me, it's because they're not listening, obviously, because I say a ton about me. Plus, I put a ton about my... Uh, about myself out there and also uh just because i haven't turned myself into a caricature with like a through line narrative that i repeat repeatedly which is how you do with repeated things like some comedians (laughs) out there uh doesn't mean that there's anything less real about me i would argue that, that i'm more real because i haven't done that and i'm just letting it all hang out all my ovaries go fuck yourself hey hey Fuck I have one more. Uh, uh, bef- before okay. you get off that, I feel like you should throw a dinner party and you should invite those people who say you're not opening up. Uh, like half and half, you should invite them and the ones who say that you talk too much and ruin the podcast. Oh, yeah. And That'd you should, be just, fun you should just alternate seating and then just. Uh, have like a 13 hour dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> we just get a standoff. With a right. valet who takes the keys away. That's right. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then we'd lock the door and there'd be thunder. Mm. Someone's going to die tonight. And be the murder mystery. Yeah. And couscous. I used to think that word was canapes. Canapes? Yeah. I once ate potpourri at a party because I thought it was uh, terra chips. (laughs) How was it? I I tried to eat plastic sushi once. 
thinking that it was mm-hmm. real it t- probably tasted similar. My sister's boyfriend, it, no, husband, excuse me, admitted that he'd eaten dog food one time because mm-hmm. he thought it was oyster crackers. It was dog kibble or dog that. treats. My stepmother keeps it in the in a thing on the on the kitchen counter that just said snacks. <laughs> well, how do I know? Yeah, yeah. And I I, I told I wanted to know how it was because I've been tempted to try that. Don't. It's not worth it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. Sticks. Is it teeth. livery? This particular one was chicken kibble. <laughs> chicken snacks. The bacon ones might be good. My experience was uh they're mostly yeah. just dry. Like why why did you eat dry. it? I was a kid and just okay. That's what you do. Gary, have you put anything in your mouth that doesn't belong there? <laughs> <laughs> um No? I don't know. No. All right. I don't like that question. That makes me that makes it seem like you have. Mm. I'm sure I have at some point. Has, I Okay. Has anyone here gotten their stomach pumped? I have not. No. no. Dustin? No. All right. How do you eat plastic sushi? And how'd you come I, back I from didn't that? Eat, I didn't eat it. I was uh, at this um trade show that a fr- a friend of my dad's um is a seafood wholesaler and he had gotten me into North America's largest like seafood expo because I because wow. I'm a big, know? who do you yeah. I know who do I got to blow to get in that <laughs> and exactly because <laughs> you know fisherman. I um, uh, enjoy eating seafood and he was saying like all these purveyors bring out their best product because they're trying to make sales and whatever and it's this you know basically gigantic feast which it generally is like you can have caviar and all types of like smoked salmon and sushi and and like it's all just laid out everywhere and you just have to act like you're someone who might uh buy it for your restaurant chain or something um anyway so i was just like wandering around and you just pick up these samples and you kind of get in this like you know, kind of robotic routine of just stuffing yourself up up and down these aisles. And then I came upon one, and it turns out that it wasn't real product that they had set out. It was plastic sushi, but I was, you know... Shoveling? I, yeah. I had, like, um, I had sort of disengaged my mind, and plus I was in this sort of, like, you know... Sushi food, coma. Yeah, sushi <laughs> coma. And uh, it didn't register that I was holding onto a piece of plastic until it had reached my my lips and then you know obviously i didn't eat it but like i did try and bite down on it and then i had this awkward moment where like <laughs> i had to try and like slip it back down on the counter before the people at the booth had noticed that anything was going on uh which i think i successfully did but we'll we'll never know for sure it's possible i tried to eat a plastic grape this whole thing brought me back to a plastic fruit incident i stuck a lima bean in my nose once how did that go? Not good. Did you get it out? My mom got it out. Did you eat it afterwards? No. Okay. My mom took it out. Ha- with what? I think tweezers. I wasn't that bright. I remember... This a- was last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a boy in school, I don't know what grade this was, but he got a bean stuck up his nose. Mm-hmm. Like, like in a, I don't know if he had to go to the hospital. I don't know what happened. He and I would have gotten along. You know what you could use for that? Something and that, that boy I've... was Bill Gates. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if if you hadn't met your husband, right. he was probably That's the right. one for you. But I think it would have been a distant second. I think neti pot would work to wash that out. And I've never neti potted, no. and I find it Ugh. upsetting and kind it's of disgusting. Upsetting. Yeah. Nothing, it's gross. Whatever, when you have holes in your body for stuff to come out, and that stays out. Don't recycle it. Freaky. Don't put things into yeah. it. Yeah. Your nostrils are exit only. Yes. Um, 
Well, you guys, this time has flown by. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything more. I don't think so. Oh, please come out and see us live June 22nd. Carrie, oh. thank you so much thank for doing this guys. show. Is there anything that you want to tell people to check out? Oh, yeah. The, uh, June 28th on FX, the anger management premiere, is at 9 o'clock. At 9.30... They're going to show a second episode, and I am the guest star on that second episode. So that'll be fun. That that'll be fun. I don't even have. It's a very fun, very fun part, and you'll get to see. And you're naked in it. Yeah, yeah. The real you's boobs. I mean, your real boobs, right? My real boobs, right? As we like to call them. Okay. Do you have a a YouTube series or? No, I don't. Okay. Is that something? No, I on that panel that we were talking about before. Oh, there I was did. no, no, not YouTube. It it hasn't aired yet. I have okay. an AOL. It's a, a web series that's coming out on AOL, but it hasn't started yet. Okay, it's not a YouTube thing. But I have a crafting and parenting show that I'm doing for AOL. That's right. And that, it, we saw a clip, uh, and it was great. Yeah, it's fun. It's very fun. I interview celebrity funny moms, and we chit chat, and we make crap. What's that called? Making it up. Nice. Yeah. All right, and on Twitter. And the web, where can people find you? At Carrie Kenny, K-E-R-R-I-K-E-N-N-E-Y. And um, that's about it. I'm on all over that. All right. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. You can email the show, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F, at Adam Carolla. We have a song, actually, this was played Of at. course you do. Of course we do. Allison wants your emails. Send them to this address. Thank you, Ross Bergman. He must have and made at least Trapdog. $40 on all of those songs together. You'd be surprised. Lucky. He has two nickels rubbed together. And you can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. Um, please leave positive comments on iTunes um, because we love that. And I love you. And thank you so much for being here. For, oh, you can follow Dustin at Dustin Goot uh, on Twitter, except he doesn't tweet. And I'm going to keep saying that till you tweet. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Pressure. <clears throat> that implies, you also try crack. That, implies really that shame affects me. Yeah. You're right. You're impervious to these kind of things. Alrighty then. Bye, you guys. Love you. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing the Allison Rosen show. Show.
Hey you guys, it's me again. I hope you enjoyed that episode. So, as promised, uh, I'm going to play another Angora song for you. This one is called Sick Dance. Or maybe it's called This Sick Dance. But no, it's called Sick Dance. Um, I wrote this one and it was about something that I wrote about often, which was uh, unhealthy relationships that I felt drawn to. And this sense that they're kind of all the same. And this one, I'm trying to remember the lyrics. It was, uh, there's something sick about the way you look at me. Am I in the crosshairs? Will you pull, pull the trigger? There's something sick about the way you make me feel. A little disturbing and a little exciting. Feels so good to feel so bad. This sick dance keeps me coming back. But, a little fun fact. When I said the lyrics now, I said it was, uh, am I in the crosshairs? But actually in the song, we sang, am I in the crosshatch? Because that's how I wrote it first, and and we all thought it sounded better. Um, but we realized that crosshatch is actually, I think it's like a sketching or an art term. I meant crosshairs. And in the retelling, crosshairs sounds better. But when you sing it, you want to say hatch for some reason. Um and then also, let's see, um, I remember, so the, it was, uh, like I said, it was, um, there's something sick about the way you look at me, and my bandmates wanted to change it to, there's something sick about the way I, like, they wanted every, they wanted all the lyrics always to be more, um, like, the, the from the protagonist's point of view, the, they want the protagonist to be more powerful and, like, like, you're the one fucking someone else up. Whereas I was more just the one being fucked up by the relationships I was in. So, uh, I think I, uh, we fought, I fought that battle and I won. So the lyrics stayed the, the way they were. But it was possible that it was going to be kind of spun around to a different point of view. But that didn't happen. And, um, the chorus, let's see if I can remember, um, Oh no, that was feels so good to feel so bad. This sick dance keeps me coming back, and then it goes back to wait a minute. It's all coming back to me. I thought I'd out, I'd outgrown you. I thought I had changed. Your face is different, but the feelings all the same. Familiar and toxic. This closeness is toxic. Um, and then there's like a, a little breakdown part of the song, which is a super straight out of a self help book. So you can find that and enjoy it, or don't. But I think you will. Um, okay. As I said before, now I feel I've said too much, and uh, I wish I could just take it all back. But not all of it, just like a third of it. Okay, here's a song, I Still Love You, bye. <laughs>